So, hello everybody, thanks for tuning in to Revolutionary Lumpen Radio. This episode is more of a casual chat with a good comrade of mine, a good comrade and supporter of Revolutionary Lumpen Radio, Rune, who you all need to get to know a bit more and the work that they're doing. So this is an episode to do precisely just that. So welcome onto the show, Rune. Hello, hello. So as always, could you just start off with like your background um, so our listeners can get to know you a little before diving into the questions? Sure. Uh, my name's Rowan O'Donnelly. Um, I th- I've been involved with left-wing politics like since I was a kid. Uh, I was raised in quite a traditional working-class democratic socialist kind of, um, kind of household with like marks on the bookshelf and uh i've been a a marxist since i was 13. uh that took the form you know as it does for a lot of people uh that become marxist quite young uh, uh, joining the various communist parties in the so-called united kingdom um and you know i i really did uh try my best there but uh in terms of actually being a communist the last couple of years i would say has been the enlightening period for me uh the the point at which i realized that you can sit there and have the correct ideas as much as you want uh you can sit there and have the most perfect ideas on on the planet you know a a clear plan for how to get a utopia and it matters nothing if you're not out there on the streets actually doing the work right um yeah so i'd say that's my that's my background i come from like uh kind of a a, a a marxist tradition if you like but i'm definitely a part of I, what i hope is a new synthesis of of a, a a new model for how we as we as communists need to uh need to organize and operate that's a terrible uh background but there you go there it is no, that's cool. I mean, you just told us basically Marx on the bookshelf. Um, you just grew up around Marxist ideas. Naturally, you become a Marxist um, because of the revolutionary strategy and scientific socialism. So, I mean, that was just an interesting point that you made. Um, you joined various orgs, you tried really hard, but you didn't consider yourself actually being a communist until your Enlightenment era. What was it about these organisations that just didn't really feel like you were doing all that you could do as a communist or that there was more to the struggle? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I will say the only party that I will actually take the time to condemn are the CPGBML, which, you know, I'm not even going to waste my breath. Just know they're fucking, they're fascists, they're social, you know. They they will use whatever, but um, in terms of the mainstream communist parties in the so-called United Kingdom, you know, they're filled with fantastic people. They're you know really passionate people that really care. But the problem is, is it is almost I have it, because I was part of the CPB. I was part of the YCL. I went to a, a young communist summer camp, which I think was a fantastic idea. And there was you know always had access to theory and, and literature. That wasn't a problem um, if, if I did feel a bit, you know, put down because I didn't know the, you know, if I didn't know the, exactly who wrote what and whom, there was a bit of patronising. The problem was there was absolutely no work, absolutely no practice or theory. And that is, in my opinion, it seems to be uh, the modus operandi of the Imperial Corps left. Um, I have no idea why there is no service work, why there is no praxis, why there is that what the mainstream communists in the, you know, in this so-called United Kingdom like to do is read a lot of books and go on a lot of marches. And they don't like to teach people how to read or feed them or clothe them or, you know, do any of the necessary work. Um, I, I think primarily what, the main reason why I feel why I left those, you know, those organizations, the main reason why I feel they actually, they, they aren't revolutionary is because they're not connected to the struggle because they don't do any struggling. Uh, I don't believe attending a protest is struggle. It's important 
it's very important. Um, I, I don't believe it is like revolutionary praxis because you can have pro you you can have protests in any form of economic system, any government, um, and they often have. Very rarely have they changed the world. They only really change the world when they get violent, and they only get violent when there is a, a mass organization of people behind them. And if you want a mass organization of people, you have to take care of people. You know, you have to usurp the state. That's what a dual power is all about. And there's a very, like, I can't tell, and I think it might be both, whether it's an arrogance of we have the correct ideas, the people will come to us, we have the correct ideas, they will come to us, which, by the way, that's not true. If people are hungry, they'll go to whoever has food. Don't kid yourself. And the, the second point is that I think there is so much like um, interfactional bullshit. And I think it, that's out of an individualistic mindset. It's out of a bourgeois mindset. I think it's out of a, a labor aristocratic mindset of, you know, if you don't agree with me 100%, if you have a disagreement about a certain historical period, then not only, you know, are you not my comrade, you're my enemy. Uh, to even have uh, that kind of, um, well, I, I, I'll say, you know, the Black Panthers had a rainbow coalition. That rainbow coalition included what we would say, actually, these are just liberals, right? These were, at the time, they're just radical liberals. Um, but they worked in coalition with them because the material benefit of them being there was that thousands more children got fed, you know? Uh, yeah, that would, those, I think that's my, my, my main issue with those parties. Sorry, Shibby, I'm rambling on. No, that was great stuff, comrade. And you know, all day though, this is just music to my ears. I love you for <laughs> it because we're, we're very much on the same page here, but it does seem like obviously, and you can't blame them, the, the left Marxist socialists don't have these revolutionary politics. Uh, you know, you, you touched upon protesting and picketing. You know, being good only in the sense that it lets people know what's happening, but it mm. doesn't bring about any serious change. And you could say that people are content with that kind of organising rather than, you know, dual power, base building strategies, because as you said, they're not involved in the struggle, so you don't particularly see the benefits over over um, political strategy that nobody in the UK is particularly involved in besides yourself and was here now starting off. Um, so they haven't really got any experience to go off. In fact, well, it kind of stuns me because the Black Panthers were all about base building, dual powered, literally what they done was organised the lumpen proletariat on the streets, the people who are hungry. Mm. Um, Let's just have a little quote out here from the ideology of the Black Panther Party that that's been going through my mind. And, you know, it's just like the more I read on the Black Panthers, they literally feel and think and have recognised the exact same phenomena I have on Costa Lumpen, except that they've worded it, one, a lot better, and they've actually put it into text. So it's like amazing how much like this resonates with, with the Lumpen phenomena and um, the other classes of the proletarian today. Just like this quote from the ideology of the Black Panther Party by Eldridge Cleaver goes, The students focus their rebellions on the campuses and the working class focus its rebellions on the factories and picket lines. But the Lumpen finds itself in the peculiar position of, un of being unable to find a job and therefore is unable to attend the universities. The Lumpen has no choice but to manifest its rebellion in the university of the streets. He goes on to say, it's very important to recognise that the streets belong to the Lumpen, and that it is in the streets that the Lumpen will make their rebellion. And I think it's important, I've written about it, I haven't published it, but the roles that the students, the workers and the Lumpen have, the, rev the roles that they play in revolution should be different. For example, the, the, the students are out there and they can organise on the campuses and they're already in the city centre, so it's convenient for them to join the, the picket lines, whereas workers 
aren't focusing its rebellions in the factories anymore because we're a service industry. So workers are just focusing the rebellions by joining the Labour Party and standing for for Jeremy Corbyn or like um, Bernie Sanders, it seems to be, mm-hmm. and even and even meshing with um, the the student class with with their protests and their picket lines. But the what? lumpen might be too poor to get into the city centre because you don't even join these organisations. And I mean, they they just spend all the time on the streets. You know what I'm saying? The streets oh, belong I, I, to the lumpen. It is so important to have a class analysis of what's going on in this country. And let's be frank about this. Let's make this very clear. The radical left wing of the Labour Party that we met, that we might have commonality with enough to ally with are part of um, the proletariat. The proletariat in the imperial core, by percentage wise, if not by you know, just the material reality of imperialist super profits behaves and has a class interest more aligned with the labor aristocracy than it does with the um, what we might term the real proletariat, right, with the with the traditional proletariat that we think of, because imperialist super profits make it so that even if you're earning like 15K a year doing some like shitty, horrible job. It's still actually more than the you, you know you 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 benefit from the imperialist super profits not only you know in, in terms of how much you're paid but in terms of how the society around you is structured you know all your infrastructure you know all the all the roads and the railways and and the canals in this country built by um, immigrant labour for example yeah so and, Can and I just throw in and, and just ahead. as well on these similarities you know you mentioned the roads and the infrastructure that obviously people benefiting from the imperial core but also the you go in the houses are decorated they've got nice cabinets in the hall and in, in the kitchen and the cabinets are very organized some of them have got ornaments on the tvs you know um magnets from the holidays in which they've been in so you know they've they've managed to do up the household um, and also all the materials which all these are made of come from abroad from exploited places from exploited minerals or resources and metals and then you have um the the service industry which they themselves can go out and they can have food prepare for them and the ingredients from that food are from you know essentially banana republics um, which, yeah, and and all of these um things so that like even the food is from uh, imperialist victim nations as well as literally everything in their lives so it makes sense that if they look around in the house that they're trying to make that nice and yeah they just in, in those ways they're so much more similar to the lifestyles of the labor aristocracy and then the lumpen who literally have fuck all and it, and like the houses aren't decorated because they're literally struggling to get fucking cheap food um, day to day. Mm. And I think that that's the primary reason why, you know, well, we know electoralism is bunk anyway, but I think that's one of the reasons why this so-called left in this country is useless because if they had a class, if they, you know, actually analyze the class, they would realize actually in the imperial core, it's the lumpen, the, the revolution. The lumpen have nothing to lose. The proletariat had nothing to lose in the 1900s, perhaps in, in this country, um, or it didn't. Well, for example, it had nothing to lose in 1917 in Russia. Um, it, they have, have so, at least a percentage of them, I would argue the majority, if it's slim, have something to lose. So, but the lumpen do not. And in fact, the, the actual population of the Lumpen proletariat in the imperial core in, in England, at the very least, is very high. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not, it's not even acknowledged because there are members of the Lumpen that, you know, well, most people don't know their class, really. But there are members of the Lumpen, of course, it's almost like a small class structure within a class structure. You have Lumpen bourgeoisie. You know, you have lumpen aristocrats and their class interest is also, you know, uh, they want to keep the system as it is because by continuing to have a lumpen, they continue to have people that they can exploit. Um, I think that really fundamentally that not not seeing the lumpen as the revolutionary class in the imperial core is like the wrong turn off the motorway. You know, you can 
have a perfect map. You can have the best car full of petrol, but you're going to take a wrong turn and you're never going to get to revolution because you fundamentally have misunderstood. You still think the, the proletariat is the revolutionary class. Well, not in 2020, not in the imperial core, not when there's absolutely, when, you know, 90% of industrial goods in this country are not produced in this country. Um, so I think that that's something that is com completely ignored because they, they see the analysis, they see workers and peasant alliance which in fact is what we need to replace peasant with lumpen, Shibby. That's what we need to do, right? Worker and lumpen alliance. They, yeah. see, they see worker and peasant and they think, oh, well, there's no peasants anymore, so it's just about the workers. And it just, <laughs> I think, fundamentally... I've always called people on, like, benefits and peasants, like... Yeah, well, we're serfs, even. Well, if you, uh, you know, I, I actually, I, I spoke about this with you. Um, I was in Glasgow... I was in a housing office, a council, some kind of, you know, housing outreach, and I was speaking to them. And there was a homeless fella uh, at the table next to me, and he was in Glasgow. And he said, I'm registered as homeless in Edinburgh. Can I come here to Glasgow and also register as homeless here so that that way, whether it's a house in Edinburgh or a house in Glasgow, I can get it? Because he just mm. wanted somewhere to live. He didn't get and the And the lady said, no. And in fact, you need to go back to Edinburgh. Otherwise, we will mark you down as no longer in that city and therefore you're no longer entitled to housing. So they, they punished a man who had just taken a train or a bus or God knows how he got the money to go to a different city in the hopes that he would have a roof over his head. And they tried to take that roof away from him. Now, if that isn't a serf who is bound to the land, I don't know what is. Okay, now the homeless diaspora, but his diaspora is just basic human fucking living conditions. Damn. But let's just go on to some lumpen analysis because we were talking about that. Let's hear from, about that from other Marxists and historically, and then we'll go back into um, actual dual building and base power as a um, political strategy, um, it, as a contradiction to what we've previously discussed, such as picketing and protests. So. I mean, this is again Eldred Cleaver ideology, the Black Panther Party under contradictions within the proletariat of the USA, but you could extend that to say um, in the imperial core. So in, the, in both the mother country and the black colony, the working class is the right wing of the proletariat and the lumpen proletariat is the left wing. Within the working class itself, we have a major contradiction between the unemployed and the employed. And we definitely have a major contradiction between the working class and the lumpen. Some blind so-called Marxist Leninist accused the lumpen of being parasites upon the working class. This is a stupid charge derived from reading too many of Marx's footnotes and taking some of his off <laughs> and taking some of his offhand scurrilous remarks for holy writ. In reality, it is accurate to say that the working class, particularly the American working class, is a parasite upon the heritage of mankind, of which the lumpen is being totally robbed by the rigged system of capitalism, which in turn has thrown the majority of mankind upon the junk heap while it buys off a, a percentage of the jobs and security. The working class that must deal with today, that we must deal with today, shows little resemblance to the working class of Marx's day. In the days of its infancy, insecurity and instability, the working class was very revolutionary and carried forward the struggle against the bourgeoisie. But through long and bitter struggles, the working class has made some inroads into the capitalist system, carving out a comfortable niche for itself. The advent of labour unions, collective bargaining, the union shop, social security and other special protective legislation has castrated the working class, transforming it into the bought-off labour movement. A most unrevolutionary, reformist-minded movement that is only interested in higher wages and more job security. The labour movement has abandoned all basic criticism of the capitalist system of exploitation, of exploitation itself. 
Yes, Britain bars. Obviously, there's some contrast between US and UK. However, that's pretty much how it's been when you have um, these Labour, these left-wing Labour working-class people commandeer revolutionary politics and then spread their reaction and their reformism um, mm-hmm. and hate towards the lumpen class, towards all of the newcomers into the movement. So what we have is this um, tension between the lumpen and the workers just brought out even more so with many people even scoffing at, at the lumpen for, for exactly these reasons, as for apparently being parasites, etc., um, which is most hypo- like which is like highly hypocritical because the workers are of 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 course consuming a lot more um, of imperialist plunder than the lumpen, as we mentioned earlier. So yeah, I mean, I, I, what a fantastic bit there! It comes from reading a too much of Marx's footnotes. Fantastic, and you know, <laughs> spot on, spot on. This is my issue, and I think this is actually it, that actually elucidates what I'm about to say really well. Um, of course, both theory and praxis is important. Uh, one without the other, you know, you can't do it. But in terms right now, in and I would venture, even though I'm not in America, in the US as well as here in the so-called United Kingdom, we need practice. practice. We've got got enough theory, right? If anything, we've got too much people talking shit, uh, talking about, uh, you know, every day I see on Twitter some new party and it's got like a massive constitution and it's uh, here's all (laughs) our opinions about everything. And listen, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Listen, if you're anti-fascist and you're anti-capitalist, that's enough for me. I honestly, that's fine. If you have, if you're out there doing the necessary preparatory work, but if you sit there and you say that you're a, that you're a revolutionary, and your actions to be a revolutionary consist of writing a lot of stuff, I don't have any respect for you, and I will get I will get a lot of shit for that. I will get a lot of shit because people say, oh well, it's imp- we have to have people out there who the- no fuck off. We've got too many. We've got too many people online. And we've got too many people trying to do this stuff. Okay, yes, it's important. Right now, though, there is nothing in terms of practice. Like, I go out there, you know, we'll actually talk, I assume we'll talk about my service work in a bit, but, like, when you actually go out there and do stuff, people are shocked. You were there with me in Liverpool. I mean, we were out there, you know, helping people out, and people were shocked. They were like, oh, what's going on? What's happening? Let's just move on to that now, because what we're talking about is a failure in practice and proper practice that could lead to actual class consciousness and organising the people in education towards um, actually people understanding the the role in society. So what practice should should people be doing to you, and are you doing that rather than being some kind of just hypocrite? (laughs) <laughs> well, I am doing food service work. Um, food, like I think food. Uh, when we talk about dual power, there's a there's an image, and I will I will uh, send it to you. So you might want to lump it with the um, with the podcast or something. Um, that's a, a train going over a viaduct, right? And the train is revolution. And on every column of the viaduct, you've got things like um, community defence you know, um, healthcare, uh, food, you know, housing. These are the necessary things that we need in order to build the viaduct so that the train of revolution can pass over. So food service is probably the pillar of that, the central pillar. The reason that I think food service is the central pillar is because, you know, food is the food and water, obviously, the, the, the building box, the essential parts of life. But also it doesn't actually cost a lot to do. And it wins over a hell of a lot of people. Um, when we talk about dual power, what we're talking about is basically usurping the role of the state. Now, the role of a, a of a of a state in terms of you know, we're just talking material here. We're not talking about like um, idealist. The role of a state is to keep its people safe and meet the needs of its people. We can do that. Uh, the needs of the lumpen are not being met. The lumpen are not safe. If we as lumpen organize ourselves we we start to feed ourselves we start to clothe ourselves once we get to a point that we're feeding and clothing ourselves then we can take another step and we can actually start to secure housing we can start to secure property and once that happens you've got thousands of people who when they're in need they don't think 
I will go to the catalyst government. I will go to the bourgeoisie and, and, and apply for something. They think I will go to this lumpen organization because they have fed me, they've closed me, they've housed me. So, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's what that is. Um, I do food service. I do individual food service in my town. Um, obviously, we're, I'm going to be hopefully moving up north shortly and joining a group that's going to be doing that on a larger scale. So we're going to be having both fresh food and uh, supplying, you know, weekly food shopping for people. And the reason that that's important is not only because, you know, you can't, if you've got an empty stomach, you can't do anything. You know, if you actually think, some of these people actually think that if they started a revolution now that the lumpen would come to them, but they wouldn't. Uh, the fact is because they've got no reason to trust a communist. The only thing they know about communism is what they might have seen on TV. But if they are sitting there and they're like, right, I've got to get the hat out. I'll, I'll take my guitar down the street, try and make a bit of change. And it's a communist that comes up to them and feeds them. And I'm not saying go out there and preach, by the way. That's the worst thing you can possibly do. Just go out there and give people food. And if they ask, <laughs> tell them you're a communist, right? But um, that's if they get that, they're like, you know, let, let, let's be real. I've never met someone from Madagascar. Let's say that the TV told me that the people from Madagascar are dangerous, horrible people that want to steal from you. But then I meet someone from Madagascar. And they say, are you all right? Are you hungry? Here's some food. Are you, are you in need of housing? Here's how you can do that. Are you in need of clothing? Here's how you can do that. You know, my, my opinion on what it means to be a person from Madagascar is going to change. And likewise with um, communists. I think it's the only way forward. You're never going to be able to out-propagandize. All you can do is build dual power. And quite frankly, people are driven by their stuck. They're driven by their material needs. There's simply no competition when you start to provide for the material needs of the people. Um, that's it. That's revolution being built right there. And you can sit in your you know, offices and write as many newspapers as you want, write as many articles as you want about how awful it is that this country and this or that year did this or that thing. It's all moot until you meet the needs of the people. You know, um, I try and do what I can, uh, do a little bit of food service as much as I can. Um, really, an organization needs to be running that can do that every single day, you know, that can go out on the streets every single day and meet those basic needs. Uh, I'm sorry, I got way off the question there. But <laughs> no, there's no point. I would like to add on, just because you did mention about uh, not preaching, you know, just if you ask questions, then tell them. However, I myself, as, as I like to do it with the food programme you helped me set up here in Liverpool, um, I tell everybody this is from your local revolutionary communist. Um, and, and like it, it's even on, on, on the like short film that I made, it's like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you even heard the responses like, oh, really? Yeah, cool. And then like, I'm not a communist, um, but all this is good. But that to me is just like, I completely get, obviously, don't shove it down people's throats, but to me, it's important that, that, like, especially when you've got so much anti-communist rhetoric out there at the moment, that when, when I tell people this is from your local revolutionary communists, I don't go into all Marx and theory and all that shit. I just tell them that no. so that next time they hear about communism or a communist from the TV or the bourgeois out there trying to... Um, make make us look bad. They're just instantly gonna think of free food, caring for the community, hating the parasites in Parliament that are oppressing us all. Because <laughs> that's what I told them. Um, so that yeah. to me is important. Certainly, there's a line to walk. I I tend to advise against preaching out of like overcorrection because I've actually heard from people that attempted to do a table service in which they were like trying to hand out copies of marks with the fucking sandwich which is like like for like putting this and 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 so i think there is a line to walk certainly let people like i i really think at least in my experience and this you know it might be a cultural thing to be fair we're, we're from different parts of the country uh i've generally found especially when I'm doing street level. So what that means is I've got a bag full of food and I'm walking up to homeless people and offering them stuff is that generally they will ask why, you know, most of the time, especially if they see me two or three times, they'll be like, Oh, you, I, so what, why are you doing this? 
because mm. the usual answer is going to be something like, oh, I'm with the church of this and that, you know. But I say, oh, well, I'm a communist uh, and I believe in feeding the lumpen and feeding the people. And the usual question, I, you know, sometimes that's it. Sometimes, it, okay. And then sometimes someone to be like, well, what's lumpen mean? Or, oh, what's, what's communism? Can I, have you got anything? And, and, so, and, you know, so I think there is a line to walk. It's very important not to basically hold your political it, 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 the practice is done right the practice needs to be done service needs to be done i think that's the end of the sentence there is no way on god's green earth that you hold food away from people or that you tell people they can't have this or that because they're not this and that um and on the other hand you also don't just feed people and then if they ask you say oh i'm just trying to help no no now is the day you know so there is a line to walk between that um and i think it really would come down to how confident the person is and what kind of environment that they live in certainly i would say that you know i live in a town center there are very rough elements in a town center there's often limping elements in a town center there's, there's also bourgeois elements so it's 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 sometimes based on on the culture but you you don't preach but you also make it clear that you're a communist and i think that's the the, the line to walk yeah that's it i mean ultimately i just wanted to stay in the head um, because i'm just scared and a lot of other people this is like one of the criticisms that you can get against like bill's base building strategy is um they'll say oh no it's just charity and i hate charity i don't want to be doing nothing for charity charities no. for bourgeois um fucking no, not, not like into passivity. Um, it's it's basically just trying to address a symptom rather than the cure. And the symptom is obviously capitalism, and the cure is socialism. So we don't want to just call it, like address an effect. We want to eliminate the cause. We need to be turning people's mm. hunger for from capitalism into a hunger for communism. Absolutely, and so- and, and and may I say this is why. Um, actually, that we we treat the people that we serve as people. I, I can't believe that you know that's something that I, I do have to point out. But you're you're spot on in regards to charity. Look at how charity treats people who uh, who need food. You know, it really just dehumanizes people. You know, you have to fill out some form or yeah. stand in line, or you know, it's really. Yeah. But when when you reach out to someone as another person, as your neighbour, someone who lives in your community, say, "All oh, right, mate, here's mine. You know, my name's Rune. How you doing? Would you like some lunch? Oh, what do you want? You know, like what type do you like? Oh, yeah, that's my favourite too, man. So, what's your name? Where are you from? That's that's how you treat people, right? That that's something that let's get out there right away. Um, if you treat people in any way as they are subjects and not your equals uh you're not a communist you're just a liberal um and also the difference between something like service work in the aid of dual power versus charity is twofold the goal charity has no goal in fact charity perpetuates itself if there was no people left to be charitable towards that whole you know and it's an industry people are paid a lot of money that whole industry would collapse they fucking so, buy stocks and shares most yeah. times buy weapons <laughs> and then, like they've got six-figure incomes yeah, yeah the ceos are running six figures so that's one thing the goal of service work in the aid of dual power is to make it so that we never have to do service work again that's the goal to be frank the second element of it is that this is not aid given out of a generous soul this is a state providing for its people this is not something that we are doing because we are good it's not something that we are doing because we care so deeply enough no this is a revolutionary strategy this is we as an organ you know as as an organization or as a person are claiming the loyalty of the lumpen right and as part of that claiming as part of that you know uh, uh, uh privilege we have a responsibility to serve our our people to serve our community to be uh to as i was saying usurp the power of the state and to be that so 
I think that's the defining difference. And sometimes, actually, the difference between charity and serve the people work is just like materially just comes down to me speaking to someone a little differently because when it's just one person you're just out there giving sandwiches you can't build you can't really claim the power of the state so there is sort of a a worry that becomes charity and i think the the way that is solved is by keeping in mind the long-term goals of your of your service program and also these are you know remembering that you are serving the people you're not um helping people out or giving people a helping hand or trying to make you're there to meet the needs of uh, of people whose needs have not been met in fact you should be holding your hat in your hands bawling apologizing for not being able to fully take care of them you know charity work is often yes here it is and you should thank me for giving it to you service work is yes this is what i can get and i am sorry that i cannot get you more yet and it is, you know, we will work together. We will find out what needs you you have and how we can meet them. Well said. So let me go into what my point in the Lee Park Free Food Programme is as a part of Serve the People Programme and Dual Power Base Building is because I want to get out there. Obviously, people are hungry. And I think it's like you've got more... McDonald's and Burger Kings than food banks. Uh, no, you've got more food banks than McDonald's and Burger Kings combined in the UK. Uh, I think it's like fucking eighty-two percent or something of of food bank recipients are like fucking in in like dire poverty. Um, uh, like thirty odd percent of them. I've got the fucking statistics here. Thirty odd percent of them are fucking disabled. So, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't getting food, aren't getting nutrition. The state's not providing for them. We have to build a communist state within a state so that when the state inevitably collapses, because that's our goal as communists, there's still a state there to support people. You have a community that knows each other. You have neighbours that actually know the next door neighbour and the neighbour beyond that and the neighbour beyond that. You have people talking on, you know, groups or WhatsApp messages um, you know, communicate and supporting each other. You know, I've got this extra. Do you need this? Giving a care on each other. How are you supposed to defend people in the community when you don't even know them? If you got oh, to the, know these people, you're gonna. The care amount for of them. times I've had to say on Twitter to some, you know, stuck-up so-called communist that you know thinks they're better than me. I say, what's your neighbour's name? What's your next-door neighbour's name? fast reply and they don't they don't reply because they don't know it that's the sad thing is they they sit there and they say well i'm a revolutionary communist okay um what's the name like i'm sure there is is a regular homeless person in your town center what's his name oh you don't know it then you're not a revolutionary communist you're an aristocrat you're an aristocrat who enjoys reading Marx, but that's not what being a revolutionary communist is yeah, and, and also it's what we're against. So obviously, I just shared it on Twitter before. Um, Dixieland. Kid, <laughs> that app makes me laugh. It shouldn't. But uh, Dixieland, the Politaria podcast. Um, <laughs> they were invited to participate in a, um, a UMWA strike fest. And due to miscommunication, some miners believed that they were another unwelcome group. Uh, the unwelcome group was the um, World Socialist Party of America. Um, so obviously these got the table flipped upside down by the workers. The workers didn't welcome them. Uh, um, so that's the problem that we've got today is workers not even like socialists because socialists are that cringe. They're that cringe. They're that sad. They're that pitiful. They're that they represent the aristocrats and their thoughts and ideas more than the mm. workers, it seems. And this is, is this where you want Marxism going? Is this where you want socialism going? A lot of Marxists, like a large proportion of Marxists and socialists today, people are cringe as fuck. You can't you know, stand up for it. I, I think you're fucking spot on, Jimmy. And uh, have you ever seen the film or do you know the story of? pride which is back during the miners miners strike in the 80s and actually the left wing was on the miners side all the communists were on the miners side right all of them and of course there are a few very very good communists but 
the vast majority of, you know, how that expressed itself was a lot of really scathing satirical articles on Thatcher, you know, and it was the, and at this time, of course, you remember, you know, gays and lesbians really were very, very harshly treated in, 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 uh, in the UK. I think mm. it was, it, it either just been made legal or is still, Ill, still illegal. And they went down physically. They got a fucking van. They went around all the gay areas and they said, right, put some money in this pot. And they went down to Wales and they gave the money in person. And these miners who come from this, you know, with all due respect, relatively socially backward place, embraced these comrades with open arms. That the love and community and solidarity between those groups was the reason that a few years later, that a gay rights bill passed through the Labour Party because the trade unions said yes and we, they voted yes because they saw the material, you know, they saw physically people coming into their community with buckets of cash. So, like, this is what you need. We're here to provide it. What else would you like? What else can we do? And that's the way to do it. And, and I think that there are so many communists who seem entitled to the loyalty of the workers when they have done nothing. They haven't done one one hundredth of that. They have barely even opened their own pockets. In fact, their budget goes to the, you know, media makers. They might spend 15, 20, 30 pounds a month subsidizing this or that. And yet they would walk past a homeless person and they wouldn't even give the change off their you know, change off their pocket. They would walk past a strike and they would say, oh, you guys aren't doing it right. This is what you need to do. Instead of being like, what do you need and how can I help? Because I would say this, I would say if there's a, I don't like Tarotskyists. There was a Tarotskyist group blockading an arms factory that was sending arms to Israel. And I was there. I would go down there and say, okay, guys, what do you need and how can I help? That's what solidarity, that's how we shed this image of the cringe communist because the cringe communist comes from someone waltzing into a place that they have no idea what's going on <laughs> and thinking that they're a genius and thinking that everyone needs to listen to them and that they're in charge. Uh, I don't know where the arrogance comes from, to be frank, but it, it exists. And the only way to solve that is, he, and, and Lumpen know how to do this. For some reason, I don't know why the proletariat has forgotten how, you know, the, the communist proletariat, the communist, you know, aristocracy don't know how to do this. Put your hat in your hand and say, hello, how can I help? They don't know how to say that. <laughs> All they know how to say is, here's how you're wrong and I'm right. Um, yeah. And that's the reason why they're not revolutionary and we are. <laughs> and, and, uh, um, I mean, the, the most of these workers interested, these communists, these so-called socialist communists have got is, um, is they want to fucking write an article for the fucking newspaper to sell. That's probably the extent of the actual fucking how much they care about what's going on. But just so we don't get fucking too distracted and just stay on to why, why I'm doing this, this base building um, is because I know for a fact that no matter how much you protest for anything in the city centre, it's not going to reach the people's ears in my community, my neighbours, mm. my neighbours who have never seen a protest in their lives because they don't live in the city centre of a weekend, they fucking probably still work. I haven't been able to attend a protest in close to a year because all the protests are organised literally on days when I work. So what the fuck's that about? You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's just, it just blows your mind that if you truly want the people and the masses to hear about your fucking communist revolutionary ideas that's going to emancipate us all. Go to the fucking streets where they live. <laughs> um, so, and, so, and, and what's more than that, I, I will just say, uh, if you want people to attend protest, okay, where's your uh, childcare? Where's your childcare? Yeah. How many people have kids? And they can't go out into the town centre for a couple of hours and leave them be. So where's your childcare? Where's the food and water being provided for if you're going to be standing out in, in a hot summer street in the middle of the day? Where's that being provided? Where's the transport? Where's the buses that are getting people from the suburbs into the city centre? If you And, you know, I'm not against protesters, as I'm sure you're not, Shibby, but that's the things that if you actually want it to be effective, that's what you have to do. Yeah, 
from having money they're not able to do that so they're disempowered so they're still here now ostracized from your own organizations and where you should be trying to bring these masses of people in but instead you just want nice little students there who fucking don't pipe up who don't get angry who aren't gonna irritate the police who aren't gonna actually kick off and actually start something like fucking setting something on fire that's gonna draw mass well fucking news coverage to your movements you don't want none of that you just want a nice little fucking day out for your fucking instagram mm. well, so let's go on to again just what i'm trying to do i'm trying to educate people here but obviously at first we've got to feed them these people need to know each other they need to trust me these people have phoned me up and saying how grateful they are and i spoke to them one-on-one for like 10-15 minutes and i've even had a meeting with um, a numerous residents in the garden all sat around now to smoke and talk about what it was in there and that's where i actually even had to like combat racism within my community which you're gonna inevitably have to do all around the country is you're gonna hear things where people are saying the problem isn't fucking, you know, this and that. The problem is just that a government doesn't look after its own. It fucking brings all these other people in the case for all these with all benefits and saying, no, you don't get it. There's fucking, there's a fucking wealthy ruling class and capitalist yeah. business. We're not their own, you know. Yeah, where it's like they're looking after their own. Don't you worry about it. But mm. we, we've got more in, in common with, with black people, fucking brown people, Asian, all of that. And because we, you know, people like you thinking these things is like arguing against each other when we all know for the fact that these are the ones who have all the powers that we've got no power for to make no change. These, every problem in the world are literally made by people through legislation. These are the power, these are the parasites in power who live in better than all of us, like kings. Know what I'm saying? Mm. And then they're just kind of like, oh yeah. So like, basically, you, you got to address these like myths. You got to address racism. You got to address solidarity, and you got to express love and, and community. And, and like, if you're talking to like people who are older than thirty, forty, even older, to them, they know the community like for years and years and years and years and years and decades. You know what I'm saying? They they lived in towns where the community did know each other. And then you yeah. can say, remember what that was like when you knew each other and how much has it changed and you learn from them, how much has changed, how many new people come in, how many have left, um, why, you know, what changes there's been in the community. And then you start to like bring up the culture of the community as well and start to understand the community from, from the actual residents' understanding and perspective and saying, well, wouldn't it be good to build a new culture again and the community culture? So again, but uh, Malcolm X Movement gave me amazing ideas. We're going to fill in. Um, a load of uh, open grassy places that's not being used for nothing. We're going to get loads of flowers in there, loads of plants, a nice little community garden. It's gorgeous and has people walking past thinking, yeah, I've actually got a nice thing. And they're going to know it comes from the Save the People program. So one, people need to realise that the people are funding the people because of like a communist fucking podcast. Um, they're the idea is to support this community so that the community can actually know each other and not be alienated from each other. And then the next goal is we want to do like constant or weekly or every every fortnight um, fresh food table service so people see us in presence. They don't just get the food delivered to the house because of COVID um, contactless. Then they see the fresh food. I'll do that with the residents soon. And then hopefully a couple of months down the line, we've got more support on Patreon. So if you don't support us on Patreon already, please do. It's going to go towards this amazing shit. And you're going to see all videos and pictures and all this shit. And as we build the goddamn base in, in my community. Um, and then I will, I will say as well, we, we there is a PayPal donation for if you do want to just donate the once as well for the for the yeah. food program so yeah, yeah send us that now I'll, I'll include in the show notes and then after the hot food what we want to do is then we can just sit back and go okay so we're all here there's a good number of us let's do film shows let's do educational so then we can get them to watch fucking the fred hampton documentary and um, look into the black panthers work and um, look into fucking uh, you know the che films look into the Battle of Algiers, where where the lumpen lead, and um, the struggle against French colonialism in, in Algeria, you know these are revolutionary films that start them thinking, 
you know, revolution has literally happened and then we can start to provide mm-hmm. them educational sessions. And then Definitely. the ones who are interested will come along to the educational sessions. Then that's when they themselves will become educators and organic intellectuals. And because what we need from this base building is, again, it's not just charity, it's to build movements. Once we have enough of this infrastructure going around, we can build more and more programs Then all the other states are jealous. And then we can branch out to them, branch out to them and then keep moving forward. And hopefully by the time we get some comrades up in Liverpool, there's already going to be some infrastructure and some comrades mm. to help us out who were otherwise just like like untapped revolutionary potential in the community as lumpen. And then also whilst we do that, as we prove to these communist organizations with um, branches up and down the country across the world, having untold sums coming in from newspaper subscriptions, um, you know, all these donations from, from everybody everywhere. And then we can apply the pressure onto their necks and say, why aren't you doing this? Like, when yeah, is, like, why aren't, I mean, to be honest, the only good thing that comes from organizations like that is you end up with a radicalized shibby. You end up with a radicalized me, but then what do you get when you have people radicalized and waiting and, and, and eager to push the yeah. revolutionary struggle forward? It, well, what's well, the point in, in radicalizing me if you're not going to listen to me once I've been radicalized and once I've learned and once I know how to be a good Marxist and direct the, the proportion? So the difference is I've got to do this shit by myself in my community first, just like that video that which we recorded this setting up is called Save the People Lumping. That's telling the lumping that's telling you listening go out and do this in your community if you live in the uk come up to liverpool we'll do it together i'll show you what we've got going how it's done and i'll give you more confidence it's an open invitation to anybody in in england liverpool or fucking the uk come to my house i'll literally let you and then we'll do this shit together and then maybe i'll come up to yours and and help you maybe with ruin here and then we'll set this shit up we're building up in actual power organizations here but it just takes yeah. time. It takes support from you because we're doing the right motherfucking strategy. We're doing it. We just need uh, more support. And can, and can I say, you know, obviously, yeah, 100%. And that goes out to me too. If if you need any support when, in doing like, in if it's only you and you're in a small town, especially, or if you're in the countryside, I've got a lot of good advice for how to get started on that front. Um, I will say actually, and I think that actually ties up to what you were just saying, that someone will radicalize you and then not listen to you. You were talking earlier about how you got all the people that were involved in the food gram, you know, or we want to get the people that are involved in it, you know, the people that are receiving it come to like a meeting every so you know even if it's just once a month just have a and just have a chat you know sit around say be like even just say it's a party for the food program you know it's a it's a celebration and use that as the opportunity to speak to people and to listen to the mass and listen to the lumpen because you know you can go out there and you can you know we can go out there and we can be given like nice food and stuff and if we don't listen to the people we won't realize you know actually we've made a big mistake there are two or three big mistakes here but you know we're not going to see it unless we engage directly with the people that we're serving that's the different that's also a difference between serving the people and charity charity doesn't charity says people are hungry so we will provide them food serving the people says people are hungry let's give them some food and then ask them how we can help make sure they're not hungry in the future here's you know give them food and then listen how can we do how can we do better how can we make it you know better how can we make sure that nobody goes hungry um and i think actually having that reflective process of the people that we serve are our community and our community is in control of the program that's the key there that we are held to and responsible by the community because we are of the community we are lumping ourselves we know how and we know how to uh, interface with other lumpen um that's so important it's so important because otherwise you end up doing something you you think is very good and very you know helpful and progress and people are just like don't engage with it because you you actually haven't met their needs you've met what you've assumed their needs to be so i think definitely having those kind of even just casual like film nights as you were saying you know even outside of a purely formalized educational process just having people in the room 
listening and talking and sharing that and sharing their, as you said, you know, perhaps racist ideas even because it's good because it means they feel comfortable to share their ideas. And it also means we get the chance to rebuke those ideas in public, you know, and to, yeah, so absolutely. Fuck yeah. Mm, um, But I mean, that's it. What you're dealing with, any good Marxist knows you're not dealing with people and their ideas. You're dealing with the ideas you've heard a billion over times because it's just liberalism. You know Mm. what I'm saying? So, I mean, people would just put that into their own words, but it's nothing we can't handle. It's nothing we we haven't dealt with because people have been fucking arguing with each other online for decades. The differences (laughs) go out and fucking put it into the real world. Yeah. Um, again, you know, both myself and Rune, you could have us both come up to your place or even just messaging you. Um, you can have us both. I mean, we're, obviously, we're, <laughs> you get the fucking dream team. Honestly, I don't know what more you want from us, people. Fucking hell. <laughs> you know, don't know what more you want from, from us. We're fucking doing podcasts. We're fucking got a good subreddit and we're going out doing good work in the community um, as well as being wage slaves. Honest to God, I, I, just doing what I can, do you know what I'm saying? Hopefully I'll quit being a wage slave and then do a lot more podcasts with him, but there's loads there backed up because I've been working so much and waiting for two weeks off. I'll get that off next week and I'll catch up and then you'll have some boss interviews from other communist organisations in the UK as well as just amazing guests. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that we're good there. I think that we should definitely follow this up in a couple of months and then review some progress on both uh, my service and your service and just um, have have another discussion on um, the the relation between this practice um, versus the current ongoing practice in the left again. Oh, absolutely. And I think this is a great sort of, this has been a great little um, discussion about the importance of service and talk a little bit about it. And perhaps even when we have that follow-up, we can talk a bit more about like, actually practically what a person might need um to sort of start this work that that might be a good idea as well but yeah fantastic chat as as always shivy <laughs> we always have that i know as always um love you when are you gonna come up a year again when i'm paid well not this month like not june but maybe like my around my birthday so i, I could be able to I'd probably likely come up to yours next month and see what your service looks Hell like yeah Hell yeah, that'd be great. I, I'll have decent money because I fucking squashed all my debt. So, um, yes, nice. I'll do that. Actually, uh, I'm just thinking, uh, probably cut this out of the episode. Um, actually, my neighbour, she wants her son to do something like that around the... Uh, I don't know when that's going to be. I think I might be... I, I'll, I'll ask her because she saw me doing the sandwich work and she's like, oh, that's so nice. And she, she gave me a bit of money towards it. And she has a sort of son my age. And she was like, take my son and teach him how to go out <laughs> and, and feed people. And I was like, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. That's it. This is, this is where you become the mummy state already. It's already happening. Come I'm, all, I'm already, I've got like a little gaggle of, uh, <laughs> gaggle of people following me. I love it. <laughs> that's like even in my little small town, because I speak to my neighbours, People are out there. People will put their hands in their pockets. People that I've heard speak silly right-wing rhetoric from the Daily Mail or whatever. They hear what I do and they put their hands in their pockets. Quite <laughs> frankly, you know. So I, I think I think that, that it really is um, the amount of uh, I've spoken to a thousand people about dual power work. Of those thousand, only one of them will actually do it. But the, there is so much anxiety and like trying to overthink it. Like I was talking to someone who's like, "Oh well, what am I going to do if someone says this?" I was like, what, 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 what would you do if you're walking down the street and someone says something to you? You just deal with it as it comes. There's no need mm. to overthink this. It is purely just go out there and meet the needs of the people. Go out there. That's what you need to do in start. If you don't know anyone, if you don't know your neighbours, if you don't know your local Lumpen people, that's what you have to do. Go out there and meet them. Get some cigarettes in your pocket or some backy in your pocket. Get a little bit of change. Get some, you know, fucking sandwiches and, and, and some bottles of flavoured water and go out there and say hello. <laughs> That's what you need to do, you know? Yeah. yeah, so we done a short film, didn't we? You, you see us in action. Um, it's called Save the People Lumping, and that's an order coming from the vanguard. That's literally an order for you lumping. If you fail to do this, or, or if you fail 
to follow up on this orbit or that and don't come at me when we still live under capitalism 20 years into the future I fucking told you 20 years ago what you need to be doing Jesus Christ <laughs> so um, let's just have a shout out to everybody who's made this happen as well and um, followed us from the start and continue to support us and continue to do just that um, and really want to make all of our actual Patreon supporters dead proud here because we're doing some good shit here and know with you know a lot of other content creators or podcasters, YouTubers like fucking Paul Backwards Modern and all that shit don't do none of this. They just scrounge. But we're doing some good shit here. So called um, online personalities, you know. Yeah, yeah, just uh, part of this cringe left. <laughs> so, Indeed. Uh, let's, yeah, let's just say thank you, Jake. Joe, Rev Left Radio, The Mass Line, Jessica, Gemma, Mary, Seville, Awu, Sir Meg, Val, Stephen, Emily, Lucy, some random leftist, Kevin, Monkey D. Lennon, Balti, Nico, and Adriana. Thank you so much. Woo! Everybody else gives you the clap and a round of applause for being actual fucking communists and putting your money where it matters. And um, no, we, we love and appreciate all of you. And to all of those who don't support us on Patreon, we love you too, just not as much. <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe that's because you don't love them lumping as much. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Okay, so we'll love yous and leave yous. Thanks for joining us, Rowan. That's some good shit. Oh, thank you for having me, Shiri. I'll probably be on sooner than you think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll probably speak to you all day long now. <laughs> so you can use me. And, uh, and anyone who's listening, you can speak to me uh, if you like, because I'm a fantastic conversationalist on the uh, Discord as well. You should definitely join that. Yeah, if you, if you want anybody to go to your social media or anything, just let me know and I'll include them into the show notes. But yeah, just a regular actual moderator on, on the Discord as well, where we're trying to organise all of our lumpen work and build on it. So definitely come and check that out, everybody. It'd be good to see you. Um, don't be shy as well. It's not, it's not one of those cringe shit posting Discord servers. It's not dead super active like many others, but you also don't get all the shit posting and all the comments are literally super fucking cool comments that have either been on the podcast as guests or just cool motherfuckers. What can I say? Yeah, so thanks for that. Peace, love, solidarity, workers and lumping of the world. So I do as you please My heart falls right out of my sleeve No other words make me feel the way yours do And it's the way you say them You say so I do as you please My heart falls right out of my sleeve No other words make me feel the way yours do And it's the way you say them
to be forever in time No other words make me feel the way you're doing It's the way you say them You say so, I do as you please My heart falls right out of my sleeve No other words make me feel the way you're doing It's the way you say them Give me a feeling, it's more than enough Give me 